has given Wonderful things in the Bible I see This is the dearest that Jesus loves me I am so glad that Jesus loves me Jesus loves me, Jesus loves me I am so glad that Jesus loves me Till I reach the golden strand 
for the Lord. i tell you what, I'm so thankful. Pray God will just continue and to bless this church and pray God will continue to bless our young people. I'd like to have you to open your Bibles to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah and chapter 40. And while you're turning there, we'd like to welcome our radio audience. This is Brother John Lybrook, pastor of the Emmanuel Missionary Baptist Church at Old Town. That's just inside of Greenup County, out of Carter County. You can get to us for taking Route 1 or Route 7. We do have a sign on either end of Laurel Road giving you directions to the meeting house of God's people known as Emmanuel. And we're thankful that you've taken time to tune in to WGOH here, a portion of God's Word. Today, within the confines of this one chapter, we see the Almighty God of heaven and His character in every which way. We see His power. We see His His knowledge. We see His longevity. We see how great a God that we serve. You know, today as I entitled this sermon, How Great Thou Art, I, I was brought to uh, remember the old song that that we love to sing from time to time, it speaks about just this very thing, how great our God is. You know, we serve a God today 
who holds all the waters in the palm of His hand. We serve a God today that knows the name of every star within the heavens and, uh, and the galaxies that even now our, our finite uh, ability is just now reaching and it ain't even began to touch the surface of what God's knowledge is as far as the stars of the heavens. You look upon uh, the Hubble telescope and some of the other great uh, uh, telescopes that they have today and you see uh, uh, the further they go, the more magnificent you see how great God is. You see the hand of His creation all the way back as far as what we can find right now and yet they are still going deeper and deeper and deeper into the vast creation of God Almighty. You see the beauty that is laid out before humanity. And I believe today that He's allowing us that vision to recognize and realize how great of God we serve. You know, we serve a mighty God. We serve a God who, uh, who knows the number of every hair upon your head. We serve a God who knows and feels the heartache of every human being upon the face of the earth. If he recognizes the death of a sparrow, how much more does he do so with his people of his creation? How great thou art. O Lord my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hands have made. I see the stars, I hear the rolling thunder, thy power throughout the universe displayed. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to Thee, how great Thou art, how great Thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to Thee, how great Thou art, how Thou art when through the woods and forest glades I wander and hear the birds sing sweetly in the trees when I look down from lofty mountain grandeur and hear the brook and feel the gentle breeze then sings my soul my Savior God to thee how great thou art how Then sings my soul, my 
my Savior God to thee. How great thou art. How great thou art. And when I think that God is Son not sparing, sent Him to die, I scarce can take it in. That on the cross my burden gladly bearing, he bled and died to take away my sin. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great Thou art, how great Thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee. How great Thou art, how great Thou art. When Christ shall come with shout of acclamation and take me home what joy shall fill my heart then I shall bow in humble adoration and there proclaim, My God, how great Thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee. How great Thou art, how great Thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee. How great Thou art, how great Thou art. Oh, I tell you today, I, I thank God for songs such as that that go back to the Bible and they speak of the majesty and the wonder of Almighty God. In Isaiah chapter 40, verse 1 down through verse 31, we find within this text a great God that we serve. And also the world itself should recognize the majesty of this true and living God. While within these verses of Scripture, you must know and recognize His superiority, His supreme authority over all creation and all the worlds beyond this one. This is but a glimpse of His power and majesty. This is but a small picture of His omniscience 
His omnipotence and His fact of Him being omnipresent. God completely takes up all space and time. He fills all space and time. We try to put Him on a, on a counter somewhere. We try to confine Him to a book, but yet His nature, His, His almighty power is visible by just opening the eye or hearing with the ear. What could man say other than what His Word has already said. Man's words are inadequate, but they are demanded by Him to come as praise, honor, and glory, which after reading these words in Isaiah 40, we should be upon our minds and our hearts even at this moment in time in our lives. So today we're going to explore once again the majesty of Almighty God. I sat in my study this week as I continue to, every day as I get up and I go to my study and I, I study what thus saith the Lord. And I oftentimes feel like I've got just the right message that the Lord wants me to bring I may sit and I may write out an outline. I may sit and I may explore uh, uh, the, the bounty and the wonders of the gospel message. But yesterday as I was, I was outside and I think I was picking some beans and some corn at the time. I began to look around at the nature that God has provided mankind. I begin to consider all that He has created. The listen upon the uh, 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 the air, the birds and their songs, and folks, I just I absolutely just stood amazed at God's magnificent power. So today, as I look at this scripture, I want us to really focus upon the majesty of who we worship. I'm on our minds today as we sit in this house of worship to make this more than a church building. To make this more than just a place to come on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. I want us tonight or today to have our minds fixed upon what we're doing here. You cannot help but worship the Almighty God when you see all His attributes. When you get a hold of all of that He has done and all that He has promised to do, you cannot but, but worship Him today. So first of all, in these first 11 verses, I'll read these for us here. The Bible states this, Comfort ye, comfort ye, my people, saith your God. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem and cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished, that her iniquity is pardoned, for she hath received the, of the Lord's hand double of all her sins. The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. 
Every valley shall be exalted, and every mountain and hill shall shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough places plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. You see, that's what you see out in nature today. That's what you see among the vast creation that God's hand has has made and His voice has called into existence. You ought to be absolutely amazed today at what He has revealed for us. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. The voice said, cry, and he said, what shall I cry? All flesh is grass, and all the goodnesses thereof is as the flower of the field. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, because the Spirit of the Lord bloweth upon it. Surely the people is grass. The grass withereth. And the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. O Zion, that bringest good tidings, get thee up into the high mountain. O Jerusalem, that bringest good tidings, lift up thy voice with strength. Lift it up, be not afraid. Say unto the cities of Judah, Behold your God. Behold, the Lord God will come with a strong hand. His arms shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him and his work before him. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom and shall gently lead those that are with young. You know, as we stop for just a moment and we consider the existence of the eternal God and our frail short lives, surely you can understand the reason why that God says, I am God and besides me, there is none else. There is none else to worship here today. There is only the living God amongst His people and we are here to do just that. In our short life span, we are here upon the earth to bring Him glory, honor, and praise. Folks, I want you to realize today that because we are what we are, we need to take our, uh, we need to make our attempts today to worship Him the way we ought to, to praise Him and give Him glory the way that we should. Listen, our lives are short. Our God has never had a beginning. The atheist may ask, where did God come from? They cannot comprehend with their finite minds someone who has never had a start. But our God has always existed. Amen. Our God has always been uh, in, in, in time. In Genesis chapter 1, the Bible speaks in verse 1 down through verse 5 about this God that we're speaking of here. It says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Folks, I want you to know that in the beginning of this earth, God was already in existence. Amen. God was already in existence. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. God had already existed. He has always existed and will continue as He has 
And I and that there's I just drew a line. There is no ending to God. And when I use the word that He shall exist, it is as if there will be time being used up in Him. Listen, He is. That's all I can say. It's not that He exists, He is. Listen, existing means that you're taking up space and time. And God feels all of that. He goes beyond space and time. That's the God that we serve. That's the reason why I sing how great thou art. Oh, my people today, God is so great. And this is He. Uh, and when we think about this, who we serve and worship this Lord's Day. In, in Isaiah 42, and verses 5 down through verse 9 here, the Bible states this, Thus saith God the Lord, He that created the heavens and stretched them out, He that spread forth the earth, and that which cometh out of it, He that giveth breath unto the people upon it, and the Spirit to them that walk therein, I, the Lord, have called thee in righteousness and will hold thine hand and will keep thee and give thee for a covenant of the people for a light unto the Gentiles to open the blind eyes, to bring out prisoners from the prison and them that sit in darkness out of the prison house. I am the Lord. That is my name and my glory will I not give to another, neither my praise to graven images. Behold, the former things are come to pass, and new things do I declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. But as for us, mankind had a beginning. Mankind shall have an ending as far as these old mortal bodies are concerned. In Genesis 1, 26 and 27, God said, let us make man in our image. That was the beginning of humanity. God already existed. He again. He is eternal. And that I cannot even go. I, I can't even begin to understand how God is. But we shall have an end. We shall have an end one day. <coughs> Genesis chapter 2 verse 7 and also verses 21 down through verse 25. It speaks about the beginning of humanity. This was humanity's beginning. But because of the sin in the Garden of Eden, man's life became short as far as comparison to our great God. Men look at Methuselah and they speak of his longevity, but yet, 900 and some odd years is only a drop in the bucket to eternity. As a matter of fact, it ain't even, it ain't even to be measured against eternity. A thousand years cannot be measured when you're thinking about eternity. And that's our God. Think about it. James chapter 4 will notice something about humanity. We'll notice something about the length of our days. James in chapter 4, verse 13. Go to now ye that say today or tomorrow, we will go into such a city and continue there a year 
and buy and sell and get gain, whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even as a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. Listen, I was standing out on the porch of the church house this morning. And as you look up to the hills after the rain last night, you see the vapor coming up. And it isn't very far that it goes out of sight and it dissipates and is gone. That's the way our lives are, folks. Isn't it a shame that people don't even recognize the short the shortness of our lives? Listen, we're here today to worship and to praise Him. And I thank God for Garrison's uh, devotion this morning because that's what it talks about. Listen, I want you to know today that God's people, we that are here today who are saved by God's amazing grace, are here today to worship Him. Listen, we need to do it while we have breath in us. Amen? We need to do that while we have our breath. In Job chapter 7, go back to Job for just a moment. As we continue to look upon man and his life. Job in chapter 7. Look at this with me here now. Job in chapter 7 and verse 1. Is there not an appointed time to man upon earth? Are not his days also like the days of a hireling? As a servant earnestly desireth the shadow, and as the hireling looketh for the reward of his work, so am I made to possess months of vanity. And wearisome nights are appointed to me. Boy, Job had a Job had a dark personality at this point. Job was going through an awful lot you remember Job's life. Job had a lot of issues. He lost his family. He lost all. He lost his wealth. He lost everything that he had. Can you not just imagine that he wanted his short life to be shorter? The Bible goes on to say this. When I lie down, I say, when shall I rise and the night be gone? And I am full of tossings to and fro until the dawning of the day. Have you ever been in that place? Have you ever been in a, in a place where it seemed like every hour of the night you looked and there was, a, there was another 30 minutes had gone by, another 10 minutes had gone by, another 5 minutes had gone by, and it seemed like you could not get your eyes to close and to sleep. Listen, that's what Job was saying here. He goes on to say, My flesh is clothed with worms and clods of dust. My skin is broken and become loathsome. My days are swifter than a weaver's shuttle and are spent without hope. Oh, remember that my life is wind. Mine eyes shall no more see good. The eye of him that's, that hath seen me shall see me no more. Thine eyes are upon me and I am not. As the cloud is consumed and vanisheth away, so he that goeth down to the grave shall come up no more. He shall return no more to his house, neither shall his place know him any more. 
Therefore, I will not refrain my mouth. I will speak in the anguish of my spirit. And I will complain in the bitterness of my soul. You know, as I sat and I thought about the words that, that Job was bringing forth here, and as he talked about the fact that very soon our bodies are going to go into the ground, and listen, the spirit that held that body is going to go off into heaven. And listen, as far as, as, far as that soul coming back to that body, it's not going to come back in the way men look at it today. But that soul's going to come back into a changed body, a body that's going to be made uh, without sin. It's going to be such a rejoiceful time. But as for now, he says, when I go to my grave, it shall not return unto me no more. Folks, our days are short. The Bible speaks about the time that our days are numbered. In the book of Psalms, it speaks about how our days shall be numbered. You know, as I think about that, I remember I was preaching a, a, a funeral one time, and, and I come to this thing, and, and I, I pray God will, will open your eyes also. Lord, make me to know mine end and the measure of my days, what it is that I may know how frail that I am. Psalm 39 and verse 4. The Bible goes on to say in verse 5, Behold, Thou hast made my days as a handbreadth, and mine age is as nothing before Thee. Verily every man at his best state is altogether vanity. Surely every man walketh in a vain show. Surely they are disquieted in vain. He heapeth up riches uh, and knoweth not who shall gather them. And now, Lord, what wait I for? My hope is in Thee. How short are the lives of we in humanity. But I want you to know His eternal existence is magnificent. Now secondly, I want you to notice our God's greatness. In our text of verse 12 down through verse 24, as we think of Almighty God, we cannot help but notice His awesome power. Isaiah 40, verse 12, speaking about this God that we serve here today, who hath measured the waters in the hollow of His hand, <coughs> And meted out heaven with a span, and comprehended the dust of the earth in a measure, and weighed the mountains in scales, and the hills in a balance. This is our God. How great Thou art. This is the reason why today that our minds should be thinking upon how great He is. Who had directed the Spirit of the Lord, or been His counselor and taught Him. Who has done that? Who was it that give God advice? We're talking about the great I Am. He is the omniscient one. He's the one who has all knowledge and there is nothing that takes Him by surprise. That's who we worship today. That's who we praise. That's who we honor. In Isaiah 40 Verse 5 down through verse 8 again. 
Uh, the Bible says, Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. The voice said, Cry. And he said, What shall I cry? All flesh is grass, and all, all the goodness thereof is as the flower of the field. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, because the Spirit of the Lord bloweth upon it. Surely the people is grass. Just the, just the breath of the Spirit of God. Do we realize how great He is? As we think about Almighty God, we cannot think, we cannot even begin to wonder without thinking of His majesty. In Psalm 104, and I probably won't read all this, but I want you to look at some of this with me. In Psalm 104, Bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord, my God, Thou art very great. Thou art clothed with honor and majesty. Who covers Thyself with light as with a garment. Who stretches out the heavens like a curtain. Oh, how great God is. Who layeth the beams of His chambers in the waters. Who maketh the clouds His chariot. Who walketh upon the wings of the wind. Who maketh His angel spirits, His ministers, a flaming fire. Who laid the foundations of the earth that it should not be removed forever. Thou coverest it with the deep as with a garment, and the water stood above the mountains. At Thy rebuke they fled. At the voice of Thy thunder they hastened away. The other, the last two weeks as I've been preaching on the touch of Almighty and the voice of Almighty God, today we are just simply looking at the majesty of Almighty God, the power of Almighty God. How great Thou art. Oh God, how great Thou art. Thirdly, today... I would like for you to look at something else with me. I want you to notice our living God cannot be found out by our understanding or our might. In Isaiah chapter 40 once again, verse 25 down through verse 30, To whom then will you liken me, or shall I be equal? Saith the Holy One. Lift up your eyes on high, and behold, who hath created these things that bringeth out the host by number. He calleth them all by names, by the greatness of His might. For that He is strong in power, not one faileth. Why sayest thou, O Jacob, and speakest, O Israel, my, why my way is hid from the Lord, and my judgment passed over from my God? Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the Creator of all ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary, and there is no searching of His understanding. I've talked to men today who, who almost try to act as if they've got God figured out. Folks, I'm here to tell you, when a man starts thinking he's got God figured out, God's going to throw him a loop. God's going to throw a wrench in his spoke, so to speak. He's going to let him know, you don't have a clue. 
But I am God and I'm beyond searching out. What He has given us in His Word is what He wants us to know about Him. And folks, because of that, we ought to know about everything that's in the Word of God. But listen, even what's in the Word of God, we still come up short of knowing and searching out the great God of heaven. We cannot even begin to do that. Now do you recognize how finite our bodies and our minds are? Do you really now recognize just how insignificant humanity is against the holy God of heaven? And yet there are those who want to lift themselves up and say, look at me. You know what? That's what Satan done. Satan done the very same thing. As a matter of fact, Satan said, I. He just said it too many times. That's that's his problem. He said he was going to ascend above the throne of God. Folks, I want you to know something. When Satan found out then, and when he finds out at the end, he will know there is no other God besides the great God of heaven, and there is no other power other than His power. In other words, the the power that Satan has, you know what? He only has as much power as God's allowed him to have. you recognize that? Now listen. That's the great God of heaven. That's the God that we serve. God is unsearchable and beyond our greatest imagination. In verse 18 of Isaiah 40, again we see this and we we have to come to an understanding. To whom then will you liken God? Or what likeness will you compare unto Him? Deuteronomy 4 and 15 declares you've never seen anything like our God. Take ye therefore good heed unto yourselves, for you saw no manner of similitude on the day that the Lord spake unto you at Horeb out of the midst of the fire. You ain't never seen nothing like this. And folks, you ain't never seen nothing like the God that we serve. You know what? Our God is so powerful, so magnificent, that there is nothing that gets by Him. As a matter of fact, God, with His all-seeing eyes, sees every one of us, even this very moment, He sees into our hearts. He knows what's in our minds. He knows the reason for our being in this place today. And He knows whether our worship is real or whether it is not. That's the God that we serve. His omniscience is far beyond us and unattainable by mere mortal man. Psalm 147, this old psalm that that should uh, grab a hold of your hearts, just like Psalm 139. But in Psalm 147, verse 4 and 5, he says, He tells the number of the stars. He calls them all by their names. Great is our Lord, and of great power, his understanding is infinite. That's the God we serve. Now lastly, as I will look at this last thing I want us to look at today. I want us to see that those that wait upon the Lord shall not be let down. You know, back in Isaiah 40, in verse 31. Down here in the pew, 
you, you'll see my church key. And upon the keeper, it has a verse written. Brother Manuel and Sister Ann gave that to me back, I think it was around 2005 when they first came here. And the verse and the inscription that is written, it says, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles, and they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. The phrase wait upon in the Hebrew is a word, a verb meaning to wait for, to look for, and to hope for. Today we as God's people, we hope with a hope that is a lively hope. As 1 Peter 1 tells us. It's a hope that, that points to Jesus Christ, our Redeemer. It's something that we are longing for or waiting for. We're waiting for His soon arrival. Our coming home. Oh, what a day that shall be. When Jesus, I shall see. When I look upon His face... Oh, I tell you, I think about His amazing grace. Folks, I cannot help but get excited to realize and to recognize the power that lies within the Almighty God, knowing that one day He's going to take me home and I shall no longer be weary. In Psalm 103, the Bible says in verse 1, Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless His holy name. Folks, you know what that's saying? With every fiber of your being, you need to worship God. You need to praise Him today. You need to honor Him today. You need to plead for Him today. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of His benefits. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities. Who healeth all thy diseases. Who redeemeth thy life from destruction who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. Friend, today, if you don't know this God I've been speaking of, here was a promise. Here is, a, here is the hope that you need. Here the promise states that bless the Lord, O my soul, why? Because He has great benefits. Verse 3 talks about He forgives all of our iniquities. And folks, that's to you who are here today who do not know the Lord your Savior. He is, a, he is a God who will forgive you of all of your trespasses and all of your sins. He's a great God who's able to do so. He is that great God. I hope you're sitting here today and just in awe. Because I'll tell you what, what we have gone over today is something that ought to make every child of God rejoice to the highest heaven. Because He is. Because He is, I am. Folks, I'll tell you today as we look at the salvation that God has given us, We know that God 
has promised forgiveness from all of our iniquities. Tonight in the, the message that I will be bringing tonight, I'll be asking the question, who are the blessed? The blessed are those whose sins are forgiven. The blessed are they who rely upon the Lord. The blessed are those that trust in the Lord. The blessed are those who hear His voice. And the blessed are they who walk not as the world. That's the blessed people. You know, the greatest blessing that you will ever know, though, is the blessing of forgiveness. The blessings of having your sins forgiven. The blessing of having your sins cast behind His back. The blessing of having all your sins covered, atoned for in the blood of Jesus Christ. My friend, there is no other atoning. There is no other atonement but the great God of heaven who provided His Son, Jesus Christ, to die in your place. Who willingly came to this old sin-cursed earth the earth in which He had created Himself and at the time of its creation, He looked upon it and said, it is all very good. That same Jesus came. The Creator of all that is had to come to this old sin-cursed earth. Cursed because of the fall of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. Cursed with the ground being cursed the animals being cursed and humanity being cursed. He had to come and redeem unto Himself a people. All the joys of our salvation should be ringing forth in this house today. The joys of forgiveness that is offered to humanity should put a smile upon the face and not just the Christian but also the lost sinner alike. Because there He says, I will forgive you. He states, I will forgive you. Come unto Me all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. That's My promise, He says, to the sin laden, to the sin cursed, I will clean you up and I will make you mine. You know, I go back and I think about the, the prodigal son. The prodigal uh, son as one that was living a life of luxury. He had it all seemingly, but he didn't have the Lord. And if you look at this as a, as a salvation text, I know we have both, uh, both uh, camps. Uh, some use it as a salvation text only. Some use it as a, as a text uh, designed to get the Christian to be aware of where they're at. But either way, it's one of the greatest texts you will ever get a hold of. Because if it's forgiveness, He says, I'll clean you up. He said, I'll put upon you the best robes. I'll put a ring upon your finger. I'll make you mine. Folks, maybe you're here today and you're just like this Christian of the prodigal son and maybe you're that one that, that went out of, on life's highway. 
just to see what all you could do. You found yourself in a place just like the prodigal son. He never thought he'd find himself there. He never thought he'd find himself in a pig pen. Here was a Jew boy, a little Jewish boy, and and for a Jewish boy to be found in anything to do with a hog, that was that was the, the lowest you could go. You couldn't even touch the carcass of a hog. A swine was was no more than than the petty devil itself. And yet he found himself not just inside the pig pen, but he was eating the same husk as the pigs were. Then he come to his senses. And he said, in my father's house, (laughs) amen, that, my friend, is where you need to be today, in your father's house. Because within your father's house, you're in a place of blessing. You're in the place where, 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 where God can take you and heal you, clean you up, make provender for you, make provision. That's the God that I serve and that's how great He is. He's willing to forgive. That, my friend, if you're here today, you don't know Jesus. You need Him today. He came and died on the cross of Calvary. He shed His precious blood and was buried and rose again the third day that you might have life. There's no sense in you living this old life of the devil no more. There's no reason for you to have an existence that is stained with sin any longer. He does say, come unto me and I'll give you rest. Folks, I believe that today. And I believe it's offered to anyone who will come unto Him. He says, those who come unto me, I will in no wise cast out. So come unto Him today. We serve a great God. How great thou art. Let's all stand, please.